A lot of electrical disturbances going on tonight. Ghosts. I hear background rumblings of sorts. What are they telling you? I don't know. Kill the baby. What? Kill the baby. I have a baby. <laughs> it didn't say it had to be yours. Uh. I mean, it, it, it didn't say it had to be yours. It didn't say it had to be yours. It didn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we don't have the heater blasting now. So what do we have? Background fuzz. I, I don't like it. You you had something that you wanted to discuss on the podcast to the listeners because it touched your heart so deeply, and I'm going to talk the whole episode one or two words at a time. So you read Sleeping Beauties, which we discussed many times. Yeah. And you finished it. I finally finished it. Uh, like a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah, about two, about, yeah, a week or so ago. And now you decided that it's time that you talk about it? Well, I just kind of remembered... How did it make you feel, yeah. Spencer? It's funny you should mention that because one of the main characters is a, like a, a psychiatrist at a female prison. Oh, getting all up in them ladies' thoughts. Yeah. But it, it was... <laughs> this is a wild wolf runs by. <laughs> he was like galloping. Yeah. What are you doing, bro? Bruh. I don't know. Trying, uh, to get in the, trying to get in the bathroom, he's thirsty. Yeah. Why don't you lay down? Or breathe very heavily, <laughs> that's fine too. Yeah, get nice and close to the mic while you breathe hard. Should probably let him back upstairs, I guess. Well, now that that's handled. So you read Sleeping Beauties. Yeah, I read Sleeping Beauties. By Beauty. Stephen and Owen King. Yes. For uh, those who are uninitiated. I just, feel, I just feel like I should probably at least take a few minutes just because, you know, we were always talking about it on previous issues, you know, making fun of me about taking forever to... Uh, you know, make my way through it and stuff like that. By the way, I can never make fun of anybody again when it <laughs> comes to finishing a book. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to take me a while to finish one of the books I'm reading, which I don't want to talk about anymore for the time being. Also, we're going to bail, folks, on that IRC, the Jerusalem IRC. We're going to have an episode where we just bail. Because nobody just, wants to read any more of that. bailing out. It's not that I'm not going to continue to read it. I just can't. Uh, talk about it anymore. Well, what, what you can do is once you get, once you read enough that you feel like you have something to talk about, you can always do another. You know what I mean? Or maybe when you finally finish it, like six years, months later, <laughs> six months. I was, I was going like a year. I feel bad for any of the. Well, I was talking about finishing it, just getting to the chunk to yeah. talk about. I would feel bad for any of the listeners who uh, wanted to keep up with the series on that. No, that's not going to be good. Anyway, Sleeping Beauties. Sleeping Beauties. Not my uh. Favorite uh, when it comes to Mr. King's work, work, but I do want to preface it by, like, when I first started originally reading it, like, the first, like, 150 pages, I was going through it at a pretty quick uh, clip, and then I just, I got off of it because we needed to read some stuff for, like, either the podcast or something else, like, you know what I mean, we were, we were having a guest on and we, you know, wanted to check out their, you know, their work and stuff like that. So, like, it got, it got, got kind of put on the back burner for a while. So then when I came back, that's where I had some difficulties until I got to about, like, the halfway point. And once I got to, like, the halfway point, things kind of start to turn a little bit and things kind of start to build more. You kind of get more like that uh, Stephen King um, suspense and, you mm -hmm. know, he, 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 whatever you can, you say about the endings, he's, uh, he is at least very good at building up 
to, to the ending to yeah. the ending you know pulling it off you know that's a that's a different different story do you know how they wrote it like who wrote what or anything like that i'm not sure i would have to say this is just my opinion and thought on it that stephen king or they you know they might have came up with the idea or whatever together but he kind of outlined and came up with kind of like the big bits and like had him do the majority of the writing. So Owen probably did the writing, you think? I think so because, and I just say that because like this is uh kind of deals with one of the tropes that Stephen King deals in with a lot of his stories of like uh, dealing with like a small town and like all the, uh, everybody in the town, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not everybody, but you know, like a, great, a big assemble cast. And normally Stephen King does a really good job with those, even if they're like little minute characters. Mm-hmm. You can find, be like, you know, there's interesting things, or he does cool stuff with them that, that, that you know, that kind of stick with you. And I didn't feel that as much with this book. And there was also times where I had to be like, they would bring up a character, and I'd be, I'd, I'd literally have to stop, and I'd have to think, be like, who? He was, did, and he was doing that. Oh, okay, I remember who that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I should have known, because in the beginning of the book, there was like at least, like, I think like a two or three page of, like, a list of names yeah and like who they are like sheriff you know husband of her wife of like you know that like that son or daughter like you know what i mean but yeah that's why i would say it's probably more owen king on the on the writing end mm. of it but i, I also too because i feel like that the pacing was kind of off and not like moments and scenes and stuff were fine uh, but like just the big picture overall yeah, pacing overall narrative. because like I said, like that first half of the book is just the women falling asleep. Cause what happens is like this, um, pandemic going around. Well, anytime that, uh, a female falls asleep, these, uh, like webs stop forming around her face and make a cocoon and they, they fall asleep. Right. And if you try to remove it off of them or they freak out, get all like, like hulkish kind of strong and you know can like rip people's arms off and you know takes you know takes multiple bullets to put them down and stuff like that but it's called aurora aurora i think i think that's what it was called it's it's been a while so it's like the first like 300 or so pages uh just like dealing with like all the women's kind of slowly going to sleep and the and the stragglers staying up and like it was just like okay but then once, like, the majority of of the women fell asleep, you find out, like, hey, there's, like, other town that they're in, like, in this other place. It's it just, it's, it opens the story up more. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like they could have done something better with that or or maybe tried to introduce some of that, that stuff earlier on in the story to just kind of keep you in, like, okay. And then also, too, like, you can only do so much reading uh, about people trying to not fall asleep before you're just like yeah ah, okay he starts ah. <laughs> one of the main complaints i saw about that book like the repeated complaints on different reviews was that the like the feminist themes were too heavy-handed yeah. was that any was any of that off-putting to you because normally you don't really care about that stuff so yeah i mean like i could see i could see instances where um where you could get that from because it does deal with like a lot of like because then it's like once all the women on the planet fall, you know, fall asleep, but you know, the majority of them, because like, you know, there's some people who, there's, who have like, um, insomnia and, mm-hmm. and things like that who, you know, who, who don't fall asleep. Well, what's your official rating? 
Out of five. Out of five. And I would say you're comparing this to other Stephen King books. Yeah, um, I'd give it somewhere between like two and a half to three. Ooh, a pooper. Somewhere, somewhere right around. And then too, like it's a, it's a seven page, a seven hundred page book. Uh, it's a big clunker. Like I was reading the hardback too. So, <laughs> will you just admit that it wasn't very good? Like I said, it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Somebody else might read it and like it. I don't. I don't want to say that it's terrible to that somebody else might not read it because somebody else might read it and they might enjoy it more more than I did. Well, just from a story perspective, did you like the story? Yeah, yeah. I thought the um the because it sounds interesting. Yeah, it it the, the the plot and the idea is is kind of cool. Like, and that's why I thought like made it like how I was talking about it was writing because that also kind of seems like a very Stephen Kingy kind yeah. of idea or premise and but then just kind of let his son do the majority of the work see when I read in the tall grass where Stephen King and uh Joe Hill yeah, I, I collaborated that. that was one of those ones where it was like I couldn't tell who wrote which yeah. or how they wrote it it just it, I mean it, it could have came across as either one of their stories which was cool mm. but I don't know anything about Owen King's uh, yeah. writing. Because I think he might have one or two books out and some short stories. Yeah, and then I think he he did like a graphic novel, I think. Yeah, so it's hard to say what his, you know, exact style is or even if he has an exact style. Because uh, Joe Hill's been doing, he's prolific enough, I feel like he would have his own author voice. Versus Owen Hill, you know, I think that's kind of why he wrote the book with Stephen King. It was probably his book. But you know he he couldn't do it on his own. Yeah. Um, especially because well, it's seven hundred something pages. Or maybe it's it's also too like he could have done it, but maybe it's like who's gonna, you know? What I mean, they might have realized like, hey, who's gonna buy it without? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, and his dad probably you know tried to help him out by mm. like, you know you know help co-write it, and he might have helped him out. He probably did help him out like. You know, try to bang out like story ideas, but I don't think he did the bulk of the no, writing or anything. No, by I, any means. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. No, in um, my in my estimate. Well, like you brought up the side characters and stuff, and you kind of not. You know, who the hell was that guy again? Yeah. Well, and Steve, any Stephen King I've read, even with a lot of characters, he makes every character, whether it's even just their name, like Roland, or yeah. uh, usually it also goes along with their character traits. They're memorable enough that even mm. if they're only in one chapter. Uh, if they were to pop up again, you'd be like, yeah, I know who that is. Oh, and a lot of times, especially with Stephen King's work, like that one character that you see that one time in one book, there's a chance that you might see them just pop, pop, pop up in another book, mm-hmm. maybe just for a scene, and you're like, oh, hey, yeah. that's that person. Like, if any of these other people popped up in any other work, I'd be mm-hmm. like, wait, who? Who was it? Mm-hmm. So, that's Spencer Church's official Sleeping Beauties review. Maybe it, I'll have to try to... Try it's a dollar store buy. Yeah. Is that what you'd go with? If you saw it on the bargain rack, you'd tell somebody to pick it up? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, if, you, if, or if, if your door won't stay open? Yeah. Or if you, uh, you know, maybe you find that you can... Uh, they might have like a Kindle sale or something. Yeah. And you can get it for a couple bucks or something. I would, you know, I definitely say, you know, any Stephen King fans probably has read it or will, you know, mm. read it. Though uh, it does make me want to maybe try to track down some of the other stuff that Owen King has has written, just to see maybe he has a better writing style by himself. Maybe they clashed yeah. a little bit or something. You know what I mean? That's possible too. I mean, so, collaborating with somebody's hard, and if they don't have the same writing style or similar enough, or if this is just the chemistry. Well, and also then they also had the a- added factor of it being family members. Yeah, you know. That's a that's a whole nether layer of 
oh, I don't think that 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 was a good chapter, but I don't want to say anything. Yeah, especially if it's like his son that came yeah. up with the chapter, or even if he was just you know, if Owen was just like, "Hey, Dad, I don't think yeah. this is maybe your top." Then how do you tell your dad? Yeah, then, uh, to yeah. where like you know, we've always talked about writing something to where we'd be like, "I'd be like, Caleb, Caleb, I don't what what is this it's the, dog shit?" Yeah. Look, we need that scene. It's crucial to the element. It's just a girl bouncing her boobies for the whole page or the whole chapter. Like, yes, but there's a there's a meaning behind that. We just have to wait till the end. <laughs> I don't know. See, we always we always get off topic. Yeah. At least it was boobies this time, not wieners. Yeah. That's always a good or the butt stuff. That's where that's the downfall of DPW. All the butt stuff talk that you bring up every episode. So yeah, we should probably end this cold open and get into Talking about whatever the topic is that we'll come up with. In... We exactly know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're we not going to come up with it during this intermission. Anyway, here's some music. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Bangladore Buggy Buster Church. Oh, you dirty bastard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Bangladore, I already forgot what I said. Uh, it's a city in India or a town or it was on the map in India. Yeah. I probably mispronounced it, but so you are the Bangalore Buggy Buster, busting buggies left and right. To those not from the Pennsylvania area or this part of Pennsylvania, a buggy is not like a horse and buggy. It is a shopping cart. Spencer loves them. Big, long history. with. Anyway, uh, before we get into this episode, which I completely forgot to look at the topic during that intermission. So, uh, yeah, I might have to hit a pause button here sometime. You mentioned BookCast? Yeah, we were talking about uh, the other day, Afel, we were ch- figuring out if you wanted to try to do a book cast or a um i have a couple things book, for you or a, or a book club <laughs> i can't see me rubbing my hands together like a it's villain. very sinister look i was gonna suggest one thing but now i think that actually this would be better to get british ash involved okay. in and that's robin hood okay read the robin hood stories because i've been listening to the robin hood myth and legends podcast episode yeah, yeah. and i'm really i like those ones a lot so i kind of want to read robin hood but I don't think that'd be good for the book cast. I think we'll do one with him or something yeah. if he's in because that's British stuff. So I think he'd be interested because yeah. uh, you know he has to be off of King Arthur at some point. He can't <laughs> well, just talk about King Arthur and Shakespeare for twenty years. He has to. Well, that, I was just gonna say my my immediate concern is that the Robin Hood is gonna fall into the same like oh King, King Arthur. Arthur that'd be fun <laughs> and like kind of cool. To be fair, we read the Steinbeck King Arthur tales and not the original. <laughs> Do you think that would have been better? No, I think it would have been worse. <laughs> uh, the language, anyway. Uh, the other one. This was what I thought for the book cast because uh, Old Jangles Prime, our number one listener. I think he's number. He's the he's the most vocal listener on Twitter. Anyway, we well, have, that, uh, and that book makes you number one. I mean, yeah. Jangles Prime. Just so you know, you do have lots of competition on our uh, actual website because we have a lot of people who. Uh, Hit that like button on there all the time. Every episode they listen to. You gotta step your game up. And we got a lot of UK listeners. A lot of Canadian listeners. Or just, but, or just people outside of the U.S. Yeah, we have a lot outside of the U.S., but I forget what's... Uh, 
Canada's weird because there's always like a good chunk of Canada. There's like eight listeners that are from unknown Canada. Ooh. Like, what the fuck is unknown? Is it just like a fucking igloo somewhere, or is it like up up north, 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 like <laughs> where you can't even traverse by helicopter? Like you have to swim across the frozen blocks of ice or something. What was I saying? Oh, the book. Because uh, old Jangles Brian brought this up where it was on some meme or something I shared. But he read it and he enjoyed. It. I think it was like a th- it was like a list of books nobody ever reads or something. Oh, I, th- I saw something about that. Yeah, The Hobbit. I looked it up because I I thought that was one of them eight thousand pagers. No, the, 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 uh, the Hobbit's pretty small. It's isn't like three hundred it? something. It's doable. Yeah. Though we did talk. No, no, no. no I got other. I got other okay. things that could be a book of the month. Man, okay. We we have many th- we have many things many plates spinning. I don't know if we talked about this on air or if this was an off air. I feel like it was during a writing session when we weren't writing. Um, <laughs> we mentioned maybe the next few bookcasts be like short story collections because yeah. it was e- like when we did Conan, it was easier to do the Conan short stories versus when we did Dracula yeah, because we could do like one or two depending yeah, how big the stories are. Stress the episodes out yeah. and it'd be a little more enjoyable. So, short story collections. Other, other than just being, what happened in this? Is, I think this happened in this chapter, and that happened in that chapter, but I can't remember because I actually read it like a week ago. Yeah, that was our problem with Dracula, especially with just like the language of that, is we would get in a lot of the repetitive nature of that book. We would get into the, like, oh, okay, we're going to record the book cast this week, even though it's been a couple weeks. They'd be like, what the fuck happened? I don't remember what chapter that happened in. We were all over the place. Sounded like idiots. Idiots! So, short story collections. I've been in the mood for Fantasy Man. I've noticed. <laughs> well, I just finished. I only took like two days to read it. It was not a very long book, like 100-something pages. But Michael Moorcock's, unfortunate last name, Michael mm. Moorcock's. Or not. He's British, I don't know. But Michael Moorcock's Elric of Malibane series. I've been wanting to read that for a long time. But as anyone who listens knows, I'm not a hard fantasy reader. And, uh... Even though I wanted to read it, I just, because I had those, I even had paperbacks of that as a kid I got just because the covers were cool. Those old school, like, yeah. 70s or 80s covers. But I never actually read them. Or if I did, I don't remember. It might have been one of the things that, you know, you just don't remember reading. But I decided to read Derek Malibane finally just because I've been reading Alan Moore's Jerusalem. And good Lord, every 10 pages I get through, I read a novel. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that book <laughs> i'm not even joking it's like i get through 10 pages of that and then i treat myself to a whole novel <laughs> as a break <laughs> and i've read like five novels now well a couple were short story collections that we got off those indie authors but uh anyway i really really enjoyed it my i realized my problem with like hard fantasy which was my problem getting into the elric of Malibane series is just the names yeah it's not because I really, really enjoyed his writing style. It reminded me of uh, Robert E., which is one of his inspirations, Robert E. Howard's Conan, which I really enjoyed those, like the writing style of that. Now, the Conan stuff was cool because the names weren't really too far out there. Yeah. A lot of them were almost like caveman, like Conan. That's like something like a, you know, caveman kind of name. So those were cool. But like these ones are, these are all names with multiple Y's and stuff. And you're just like, once you get to the point where you're like, uh, I'm just going to make that my own name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or my own pronounce. Like, there's one guy who was like, why, why? Like, a bunch of letters. I was just like, you're York now. <laughs> like, you're just going to be York. That's your name. So, anytime I see it, he's just York. Um, which which is uh, a habit I've broken. I used to do that with a lot of the Japanese novels I would read. But I broke that habit because when, cause then I'm, anytime I see a Japanese name, I'm like, 
you're kinchy. Like, that's not how you pronounce yeah. that at all. It's not kinchy. Like, stop saying that. So I, I don't I do not do that anymore. But I will with the hard fantasy because fuck. Yeah. I, you, you can't look. I, how do you look up the pronunciation of that? Like, actual Japanese names you can look up. Fucking made up fantasy well, names you I'm, can't. I'm sure for, like, that book, you could probably find the pronunciation. I looked. Really? There's no, like, you got website the, well, or that, YouTube like, page of, like, super Well, I, like, the Malibane, which is the city, I learned how to pronounce that, which, I mean, it's kind you know, it could be multiple things, but it's, you get close to the pronunciation by reading it, like, phonetically, but I just looked up a couple YouTube videos, and, you know, Elric of Malibane, because it's M-E-L-N-I-B-O-N-E with the accent or something, but the city, or the country they're from, or either, I'm sorry, forget, either Malibane is the city or the country, and then the other ones, either the city or the country, like, you know, the country and the city, what, I'm making no sense. It's like Immer or something, like something fucking like a bunch of, like, why? I am a bunch of R's. I don't know. George R. Martin probably wrote it. Immer. But um, uh, all the, which I'll have to show you the map. And I'll just be like, Spencer, pronounce any of these countries. <laughs> and you're like, what? As you could probably, it, though, in the defense of that map, you could probably do a map, any map. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know these words. <laughs> just a map of India or something. <laughs> you'll be terrible. I would like to do, if we could find, like, a, I want, I don't want an indie author fantasy, even though, like, a lot of the book cast, I think we, so, no, it's the book of the month, we usually do the indie stuff, so, I don't want an indie author collection, I want an actual fantasy collection, now, I have a classic fantasy book over there, but you would, I don't think you could get that at Barnes & Noble anymore that I've seen, Yeah. Um, and that's very long, so I, we should find a solid one, just order it, I would like to get... Not classic fantasy necessarily, but something kind of that vibe. I don't think modern... See, modern fantasy, too, is what turns me off. Is I, I think it's kind of boring. It's too much just, like, elves and fairies. So, and, are you thinking, like, something around, like, the 50s and 60s? Like, Yeah. Like, if if we... Honestly, if we get something that had, like, a short stories by Michael Moorcock and what other prominent fantasy writers of the time, you know, around, that would be awesome. Again, this is... It's up for debate. Yeah. We're democracy here. Yeah. Something. So, we have... Robin Hood, uh, some kind of fantasy collection, The Hobbit, yeah. Anything you'd like to throw into the mix? Well, it's, well I guess like I've always been saying off air, and you don't like it because you hate planes. Is that I don't know. I don't. Go ahead and let's say your let's say your piece. The the um the Stephen King uh, short collection that he edited. He he wrote a story, but he he edited it and um. That has its short stories all that deal with like you know planes and stuff like that horror things on planes, and I just thought it might be a good way to to find some new authors. But I mean the 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 uh, the short stories we could also then do like rotating themes like science fiction mm-hmm. and horror and stuff like that. I was just wondering because you know we were, you also you were bringing up uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Norse mythology. That's another one I thought of. Yeah, I forgot about that. The Norse mythology I've been wanting to read. And then I was just wondering because I was talking about how I was going to dive into Neil Gaiman's um, uh, Neverwhere, uh, you know. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that if we were going to have, you know, if we were going if we, if we to try to, you know, do an episode on. You, you don't want to double up on the Gaiman. Yeah. Or just any book, really. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't, if I, you know, if I can help it, you know. Unless if it's like short stories, because it's easy to kind of you know shuffle back in between between right. those. But um, well, the Norse mythology is short stories, but they're myths 
like North Norse myth. So I don't know if that satiate my fantasy lust though, because it's uh and also I, that I don't know how much we could talk about that though, because just thinking about that retrospect, it's like it's all just Loki and Thor, and I mean it's not like it's gonna be varied. You know the stories yeah. are gonna be the same people and the same thing. I mean I guess the Conan stories are like that. But the adventures were different. I don't know how different. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. So that's on the drawing board. If we were, if we were like a prominent podcast, we could have fans vote on this. Yeah. But like the way our shit goes, if the fans aren't interested, they don't vote at all. Uh, but they'll vote or something or just, you know, react to something very stupid. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's your favorite? type of butter do you like lard do you like butter you know what's your favorite lubricant can you, like can you believe it's not butter yeah margarine do you like olive oil do you like avocado oil and just pure fat yeah. and then it just you go downhill and then everybody reacts to that but then you're like hey i'm writing a book series what what would be a great idea choose out of these and get two votes also this is not related to anything but i asked earlier just because i thought about it uh on the old twitter so I'll ask you this, Church. That's your real name. It's not. Uh, really? <laughs> it's Abaganza. <laughs> oh, okay. What is? It's actually a two-part question, but right. I'll ask the first part now. Okay, that makes sense. I'm just gonna put you on the spot too. What is a word that you? I'll just say dislike. I won't say hate, but I I hate them. What's a word you really dislike that you do not incorporate into your writing because you just don't like it? Oh. And I had a couple responses that were interesting. One guy said looks or looked. And I was thinking about it and I was like, when I edit my work a lot of times, I actually go back and do change that. Yeah. Change it to either glance or something else. Or what I would really like to do is just change it so you see the person looking without saying they're looking, you know? Yeah. Oh, he turned his head and his eyes widened or something like that. Somebody else had another one too. He actually reads audiobooks or he's like a narrator of sorts. And he said one that a lot of narrators hate is uh, grasped, which I say it out loud. Oh, it's yeah. actually like, oh, yeah, I can see how that'd be annoying to say it. Just grasped. Yeah, uh, that could be different. He grasped the girl's hair. Like, that's just it's one of the words that doesn't actually, it reads better than it sounds in real life. I don't know if I have words that I don't like. I know I have, like, words that I use too goddamn much. Well, that was the second part of my question is or do you have, you know, conversely do you have a word that you really love or like that you always put into your work maybe even too much? Mm. Yeah, I I know I do, but I can't think of it on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think think of any it that's always something I notice as I'm writing, I'm just like, I'm saying the goddamn same thing. I'm saying the goddamn yeah. same thing. I'm saying the goddamn... That's when I, like, at the end, will do the control F, you know, search, and uh, I'll I'll type in that word. And I'll be like, I used that word 14 times. <laughs> Why did I use that word 14 times? One page. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's terrible when you come across those. I, um, it's not necessarily a word, but I always struggle with on how often... To use characters' names, like yeah, even if it's just like one character, That's, yeah. Like on how often, like, uh, like should I mention it at least like once a paragraph or like, depends then, on how many characters can, you yeah. have involved. If it's just that character, I feel like it just uh, I'll add the name whenever it might make it sound a little better. But for the most part, it'll just be he or she yeah. or whatever. And then, you know, you just throw in the name to break it up. 
But uh, like in your Space War story, which you read on DPW, I didn't post that yet. Fuck. That was supposed to be this weekend. I forgot. Sorry, Spencer. I'll get to it. It's done. But anyway, your guy was Officer Smith. So, you know, like he was running down and then he got fucking blown up and he got shot at. And then, you know, then Smith fell. Like you just throw in the Smith very casually here. Yeah. But then when you introduce like your other character, O'Brien, well, now you have to use it more because you can yeah. get very confused. Like that's one that will be tricky too. Because have you ever reread something and you'd be like, Who's talking? Well, even not the even besides the dialogue, like you just have a paragraph where there's some action or something, but then it's like like a double he. So you could have like Smith grabs O'Brien or something, and he said, "Oh, he grabs him and pulls him up." But then if you like you're reading that, you could be like, "Well, wait, he grabbed him. who grabbed who?" Like yeah. it could just get confusing. Or this is one of those things. Sometimes you just overthink it. Yeah, and it sounds confusing because you keep reading it, but it you, might not actually you be. Know, you know what I hate? What I always hate trying to figure out if I need is like the double that. <clears throat> the, like, that that, that I, yeah, I, I, I don't do that. That that that. <laughs> if I some had had and that that sometimes they'll come in. And what I will do is just find a way. I'll reword the whole sentence. <laughs> just, just I hate the, that. Destroy the whole paragraph. Yeah, or the the worst one, and this is one you'll hear people say in real life a lot, doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's something I do do. Yeah. And like, ooh, you doo-doo, huh? <laughs> no, don't do the doo-doo. <laughs> I bet you do doo-doo. No doo-doo. So I try to obviously avoid those. Um, the, the had one, sometimes you could work around if you could do apostrophe D, like add on something, like, you know, instead of uh, had, had. he had had, you could put he'd had or something along those lines. Going to the words, I, see, for whatever reason, I know there's a lot of words I like and a lot of words I dislike, but I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, but I do know there are words I don't use because I can't spell them. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I oh yeah medieval. I always think it's M I D, not M E D, and then it's like M E D I E V E L A. There's too many. Like, there's too many ways you could spell that. I keep on meaning to like look up and get like a Thoris app on my phone. Yeah, because that's another thing where like I know like I keep on maybe saying the same thing or using the same word to where I could like. You know, if I'm talking about a, fu- a fire, it's like I keep on saying fire where I can throw in flame somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, either, you know. Uh, Jazz it up a little yeah. or just reef. Yeah, you know. I do that a lot with. Uh, but again, like, uh, that's a lot of first draft stuff. Yeah. You know. Um, You're just trying to get the story out there and then you can try to make what? it better after. There's a couple words I struggle with because I can't find a suitable replacement sometimes is ground mm, is yeah. one because it's like what, if what? you're outside you don't want to use floor. Yeah, because it's not a floor. Yeah, so you can say ground or earth but you know how many times can you use those if it's uh, especially what if it's a different plant. It's not earth and you can't even say earth. Soil, grass like you have to start adding descriptors to it. Either on the grass, the concrete you know, mm. things like that. So sometimes that muddies it up. Um, guarantee is another word I never fucking use because I can't spell it. I don't know why I can't spell guarantee. Is it guarantee? <laughs> like I always forget. Like I always wrote it right now. I was like wrong, wrong, wrong. Like restaurants, one of those ones too. I'm better at it now, but I still like restaurant. <laughs> like why is there these letters don't make sense? Like English hard. Why is it not restaurant? Or is it restaurant? Not I think it's restaurant. I don't know. I don't know. I always fuck it up, and I always like write it four times before I get it right. And it's really bad when my Wi-Fi connection is shitty, so the squiggle does not come up. Uh, yeah. Or if I'm writing it by hand, I'm like fuck. 
I don't know why. Like, there's just a handful of words that no matter how many times I use them, no matter how many times I learn the spelling, it just does not stick. I know, like, I use uh, grab a lot. Grab. Well, I think that's, like, that guy's problem with look. Maybe that he maybe just, because I asked him, but I don't think, well, I'm not on there now, so I don't know, but I don't know what his explanation is for hating that word, but I assume it has something with overuse. Yeah. Um, or it could just, again, it could be a writer, you know, there's better ways to say somebody's looking without saying they're looking, like show they're looking. That's, that is one actually though I do fuck up a lot is the look because I'm always like, oh, he's glancing, he's looking, he's glaring, glaring, staring, staring's another one. Always, I always, like, why is this guy staring so much? Observing. Observing. See, that's when you get into the weeds, because now you're observing, you're scanning. You're, yeah. you're, are you a robot? <laughs> like, are you a Terminator? Wait, are, it, it depends. If, yeah. you're, if you're looking at that ass from far away. <laughs> but sometimes it just sounds ridiculous. He observed that ass for a long while. <laughs> you're a fucking creep. I don't know, man. I just don't but know. But if you're writing a creep character. Yeah, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, sometimes the... Uh, the, you know, the synonym or the, just another word is not, it does not work in that situation. You know, it's just, because I, I, as I've gotten better at writing, I've learned that the bigger word is not always the better yeah. word. Usually it's the worst word. Usually the best word is the one, the first word you come up with, but then that's when you get the repetitive words, you got to change them up. So then it's the second best now, or did third you, best. Uh, you, you'd know, uh, have maybe a good idea, um... Was us previously talking about Hemingway? Do you did he reuse words a lot? Because he had a very kind of like simple writing style and and stuff like that. Did he use like the same phrasing or words a lot, or was he would he change them enough to? I would say, I mean, yes and no. His writing style was almost observational, as in. He would talk about like a guy fishing, and he'd be like you know the waters were blue, the pebbles beneath were brown, and the like. He would throw in a couple bigger words, but not you know real big. But it was always like he would describe things very simply, and it was almost like brush strokes on a painting. So if you just have each brush stroke, that's all you're seeing is that line. But Bad. once you read the whole thing, it actually makes a picture. Yeah. Which yeah, that's what most writing is, but. It's in its most simple form versus if you have somebody like a Fitzgerald who uses all these big words and stuff. Well, now it's like almost like each sentence is multiple brush strokes. You know, it's like painting different lines on one thing, almost like uh, like cross stitching. Yeah. You know, that like shadowing. Um, but Hemingway, yeah, it's just like one line at a time. So he uh, he could be rep- like like blues, like a word he uses a lot. You know, the sky is blue, the water is blue. But the way he writes is so simple that it just it fits. You it understand? Seem out of place or yeah, you understand that. that just, this is the, that's the word that be the, needed to be in that sentence. The sky is blue. Yeah. Uh, whether that would work for somebody like us, probably not. Uh, if anybody else, see, because that was his original style. But if somebody else tried to do that, then you might just ripping off Hemingway. Yeah. Uh, I would say Cormac McCarthy's like that too. Uh, except for he doesn't use commas and fucking periods and shit because he's. Douche for some reason. I I can't judge. The only thing I, his I read was The Road. Need to write uh read his other work to judge his also simplistic writing style. Well, I uh, I don't know if this fits in with the episode or not, but I figure that we're just kind of doing on a kind of pet peeves that gets us mm. for sure talent. And uh and and this thing, it's nothing you can really do about it. But do you ever do you ever kind of wonder? 
and maybe you notice it on the stories that aren't aren't that good, but like, and on the good ones, you you, you give it a pass because it's there. But like, whenever it's a story of somebody telling somebody else the other story, but like, it's super detailed, and it's like it, it it's in no way ever how I would like tell you yeah. you a story. I wouldn't be like it throws you out of the actual story because you know. That's it's like the old trope of the super smart kid on TV who is like supposed to be a six year old, but the way they talk is like an adult. Mm. Or you see that in comics a lot too. It's like, or also in books, yeah. I guess. It's like, why is the kid character talking like an adult? That's not yeah. how they talk. That are like I, the the other kind of like um thing I can kind of compare it to is like whenever you watch like a movie or show and they go. Well, back then, and they do a flashback, and it's like, you sh- they showed, but it's like, how is the guy telling the person about the past, you know, you know, telling about things that, that he didn't know about because he wasn't there for it, and like, like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, like a whole scene will unravel with two characters that aren't that guy, and he's yeah. nowhere there watching it, like, how, yeah, how, that doesn't make any sense. That could throw you up, but yeah, I know what you mean, because... No, granted, if it's, if it's good... You don't care because yeah. you're engaged in the story and it was entertaining and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's something you might, like I said, like I said, you might find out on something that might not be as good and you want to like kind of nitpick or something. But like, well, like I, said, I always do. Like that actually is one thing that used to bug me a lot. I uh, I don't read a lot of stories that incorporate that so much anymore. At least maybe I just don't notice. But yeah, when you have like a character talking about, like, yeah, I remember when I was a young kid, I was walking through a field, the plants they were dry and they're like old tobacco spit brown and they just started adding like these descriptors like who fucking tells a story like yeah. that and why is the story completely linear just like you know every moment every beat and most people don't like just a random person telling you a story usually it's like oh yeah oh by the way he also did this I get from a storytelling perspective you don't want to bog it down but like but- again in TV shows and movies they can't have the characters throwing in a bunch of likes and ums and yeah. like that slows it. They don't even say hello usually on the phone or goodbye. They just click. So I I get it, but uh, it can throw you out of the story, especially when it's like, why is this old prospector all of a sudden fucking Mark Twain here with the way he's speaking? But again, like I said, though it's it's like though it's kind of hard. It's like, what can you really do to change against that? Like that's a, just kind of like one of those things mm-hmm. that been like kind of grandfathered in or set in stone of writing like it's what are you gonna mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure john it's john steinbeck is really good at doing that like the story within the story uh, i think mark twain as well it's, it's a tough one like but there's some authors you'll read and i say i think because it's if, if john steinbeck does that he does it so well that i don't even realize yeah. like you're being told a story within a story and it doesn't seem unnatural that's even kind of like, uh, if I remember correctly, I think that's like how, um, like Shawshank Redemption kind of yeah. rolls out. It's like Red's telling you the story about Andy Dufresne, and it's like, now some of that, you know, they can know because you're, you know, everybody in a yeah. small area, people talk, you get to know about people. But, like, if you think about it, it's like, how would he know some of those things? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then, then, and like him pounding a rock against a pipe. How do you yeah. know he pounded a rock against a pipe? Yeah, you weren't there because at the end, it's not like oh they met, and so you could be like, how do you get out? Oh, I banged a rock. I waited till yeah. it was thundering, and but no, at that point in the st- at, yeah, at that juncture of the story, yeah. you led to believe that they haven't met. 
Exactly. After, you know, after he got paroled. You ever find any trouble in your own work like that? I mean, probably if I looked. Well, that enough. goes back to our narration yeah, uh, style. discussion. No, the discussion we had before about, like, who's the narrator. I don't know what episode that was on. Probably multiple ones. But that's still, like, when, like the story I'm working on now, I'm kind of struggling with the... I'm just going to let it pass and just uh, write the story. But if you went by who's telling the story, nobody's telling the story. It's, you know, it's just the story. That's one that always trips me up, though, because especially when I read a lot of, like, first-person stories. Like, the novel I'm reading now is first-person, so it's, uh, it's like, it's so much easier because that guy's just telling you the story. Yeah. It gives you so much more leeway versus if it's third-person because then... You know, do you go old school style with letters and newspaper clippings and like who's telling the story or do you just do unseen narrator who's just telling you the story? Like you're just reading the story. I don't know. That that always tricks me. That's one of those things you overthink too much. Uh, It's probably not important. Speaking of narration styles, have you started reading Coin Locker Babies yet? No. I I just gave you. I just brought back a book that I just finished. You just read that in like 10 minutes. Yeah. It took like a day and a half. Day and a half. What book is that? Do you want to announce it on the podcast? It's one of our indie authors, actually. The No More Tales to Tell by Thomas Muller. Muller? Muller. M-U-L-E-R, double L-E-R. Yeah. Um, You said you enjoyed that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, good job, Thomas. Clap. Don't be a fucking jerk. Clap. And you uh, you read... did, Did you finish... What was it, Neon... Um... Neon Druids? I finished that last week. Like, I was telling... Oh, what was his name? The editor, and he had a story in there. I.E. Neverday? Sounds right. Yeah. I really like the anthology. My problem with it is actually just more of a personal problem, not so much on the story, you know, the authors or anything, is a couple of the stories I didn't like and didn't finish because, like, there was one that was, like, a fairy story... And I think another one was kind of similar. It was like a harder fantasy, like swords and you know, witches. I don't know. It just wasn't your taste. That's all it was. It had nothing to do with the writing or anything like that. It just like some of the stories, they just didn't appeal to me. Uh, the Neon Druids is like a Celtic, kind of like a mythology. Like it has a lot of Celtic folklore and stuff involved in like each story. So some of them were like a lot of them were urban settings and stuff. And it was really cool. Some were more like horror themed. But the only ones I didn't really care for so much were like again like the fairy fantasy type because that's just not what I read. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would urge all readers who are interested in that kind of stuff to pick up Neon Druids. It's a very uh, quality book. I think I gave that gave that three or four out of five stars. I forget what on Goodreads. Uh, I probably gave it three because I didn't read some of the stories. Yeah. But I might have gave it four because I did really enjoy the stories that I did read. I I think it was only maybe two or three tops that I didn't read in there. Uh. I so like I said, I like that. I've I've read through that pretty quickly. Um, I'm reading a Haruki Murakami book now, so that'll probably be the where what I'm going to be reading on the plane come Monday, and uh, I'll bring the. I'm thinking uh, Yukio Mishima's Decay of an Angel. I'm going to read because that's the last book in that tetralogy I've been reading through, and like, so far it's been like one or two every year. I've been reading there's four books, but yeah. it's like they're not well couple of them are like one or two of them are fairly long but the other ones aren't a couple hundred pages but it's just like one of those reads that kind of like yeah it's like a slow burn read so i will uh the last as i'm finishing the tetralogy it's getting more into like buddhism and stuff which is harder for me to follow because i don't really know much about buddhism so i'll hopefully finish that and if i you know if i finish both of those books 
before the plane ride back. I guess I ought to buy more books when yeah. I'm in Colorado. Well, I'm gonna say because that was another thing that I wanted was want to bring bring about either the book cast or the book club or whatever we end up doing is because also again you like you just said you also gave me Cone Locker Babies to read mm. so it's like and that's pretty big you know what I think I know what I want to read for the book cast short story collection by Yukio Mishima it'll introduce you to some Jap older classic Japanese style the only problem is it was hard for me to get. Uh, I actually had to buy a used library copy online because oh, yeah. it was the only one I could find, but uh, it was like a dollar, so that wasn't too bad. But do you think they might be even like that? Because that would be something perfect for like the Kindle. You because can't get it on Kindle. Uh, oh, because it's a... Uh... It's like a lesser known Japanese book, so... So we can maybe do that or... You know what? I'll... You know what I'll do for you, Spencer? Because Yukio Mishima, he could be a little dry at times, and obviously something written in the 40s or 50s is going to be a little, uh, not just dated, but, you know, what do you know about 40s, 50s Japan? <laughs> You're right. I just saw, released on 420, I completely forgot. I was going to buy this, but I was like, I'll wait till I come back from vacation. That way, you know, it yeah. doesn't get lost or something. Haruki Mirakami just had a new short story collection come oh, out. Oh, yeah? That would be a good jumping on point for you to try, you know, to see if you like his style and yeah. stuff. Because they have a bunch of his books. And uh, his short stories are usually excellent and are very weird. He's the one who wrote that. Uh, it was like the reverse metamorphosis. It was like a cockroach becomes Gregor Samsa. Yeah. <laughs> like he wakes up as Gregor Samsa and he goes downstairs and he's a human. He's like, what the fuck? This is gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it was great. So, uh. Maybe that could be the book, depending on how long that is, but yeah. that would be an interesting one. And that'd be interesting, too, because you, you said it's new, right? Yeah, it just came out, so, so I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, you yet. haven't read it either. And it, it would be interesting for me to, because he's like in the 70s, he's like Stephen King, you know, he's like in the 70s or so. But, uh... Because yeah, I can say, because like, I was just, I, I almost asked, but I, I, I didn't want to sound dumb. I was going to wait to ask the episode, because sometimes when you start throwing out some of the author's names, and like, I can, like... Then the names I I know are, are different, but I I always have trouble associating the 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 books to the yeah. name and like because I know like because one of the guys you like read isn't he dead right? That's Yukio Mishima. Yeah, so like it's just like I get, I get the, the bios, I like the names I can tell the mm. different names apart, but associating whose well, stuff goes with what name? Well, that kind of like, goes with any author if you haven't read any of their yeah. work too, yeah. let alone foreign ones. Um, but yeah, that that'll be worth uh. Checking out. So I'll, we'll look into that off air once we're done. See, I'll see how long that is and stuff. Because that'd be fun. And he's, I mean, they call him like the Stephen King of Japan because he's so popular yeah. and he's like worldwide famous. So a lot of our listeners might actually enjoy that. Because while they do definitely love the classic literature such as Dracula, I, d I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. our base. <laughs> I uh, don't can, have it. Can you imagine if him and Stephen King got together, if they if they collaborated on something? I don't know how that would work. He's uh, a lot more literary than Stephen King. Yeah. Metaphor heavy, but a lot more, I don't know, uh, it's hard to say. Stephen King's very fantastical in what goes on in his stories. Haruki Murakami's even more fantastical. Yeah. But it's so mundane in the way he does it. It's hard to explain. Like, could you imagine people getting, like, cocooned and turning into shit and going into cults and going into these caverns under the city that go into a dream world and all this shit, but it's also written in a way where it's like, I'm making spaghetti. Mm. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, it's like, how could somebody have all this crazy shit going on in one novel 
And then it's also like very mundane, like people just making dinner and stuff. Well, now is it like all that crazy stuff? Is it like it's been so crazy for so long, and like that's just like the new normal? It like uh, everybody not, everybody knows about the crazy cult that goes underground. We just let him stay there. It's <laughs> more like the main character gets involved in the most ridiculous shit that you could imagine, and just kind of doesn't care. Like he's just like go like you going to work. Like, you just yeah. going about your day and work, but it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm in this fucking dream world now. Or, like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I have to fight these fucking mercenaries in World War II. Like, just whatever it is. Better than work. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I think it's uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicles. There's, like, a, a flashback to World War Two, And it's literally, I think it's, like, this Japanese guy. No, it's not the Jap- Japanese guys might be the good. I don't remember. But, uh, it's World War, yeah, I think it's World War Two. But anyway, some guy gets flayed in a field, like, they cut all the skin off, and it's, like, really gruesome, but at the same time, it's just from, a, like, this very strange perspective of, like, the main character during that, and I don't know, you'd have to read his, his stuff just to see. I mean, it's almost like some kind of, like, Kafka-esque stuff where, you know, you had these ridiculous scenarios, but they played out as they're normal. Because that was like Kafka's deal. It was like, oh, you woke up as a fucking cockroach, but, I mean, you're more worried about, oh, shit, now how am I going to go to work and make money? Like yeah. that's, that's what you'd be worried about if you're a big cockroach? So, yeah, we'll look into that. Anyway, uh, thank you uh, for listening. I didn't think this episode would be this long. If you want to check out our fiction, and hopefully this will be, next week is Hemingway episode, right? That's what's dropping next week. So this will be the following week. So it. Maybe Space War Story will be out there. Yeah. All I have to do is add some pictures to it. Uh, I don't know if you went back and read the edits or not to see if you approve. I wouldn't imagine you wouldn't, but uh, you could do that if you really want to read Space World Story. Space, Space War Story. Space World Story would be cool, too. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what was that story I came up with? It was like a name or something the other day. It was really ridiculous. And you're like, that's it. That's the title. <laughs> yeah. It was the story I'm working on now. Ah, oh, fucking forget. It was like something about moisture in outer space or something. The moist, yeah, the moist something. Yeah, it was something very dumb. Must have not been that good, actually. Uh, if you want to hit us up on the old Twitter, you can at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram, Facebook, Drunken Pen Writing. I think that's all the wisdom we have to impart on the listeners today. If you have any words you really hate and you don't put in your writing, or words that you really like that you might put too much in your writing, we would like to hear about it. You could or, or words that when you when you're reading something and you're just like, God damn this word again. Ah, yeah. So you just tweet at us just the word. We don't even have any context. I was like, what the fuck? Because I'll forget by then too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is this? Why is this guy just yelling muck luck at me? What does that mean? And it, that and that would be that would be the thing that catches fire. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like like the surge. Yeah. Caught fire. Mm-hmm. We never yeah. did hashtag that though. I don't think. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sir!